Welcome to My IELTS Classroom, the podcast where two English experts talk all things IELTS. Shelley is not here today, but I'm Nick Lone. And today we are talking about generating ideas for your IELTS essays. Where should you not look for essay ideas? How can new stories and the internet help improve your vocabulary? And what is the difference between a top-down and a bottom-up approach? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. Now, as you probably heard there in the introduction, Shelley, unfortunately, has been very ill this weekend and she's not been able well, we've not been able to um, arrange a time to meet to record the podcast. So what we decided to do today for you is to rerun an episode that originally went out in November 2020. Um, this episode eventually went behind the Patreon paywall, but we've decided to uh, release it today again to the public, to all of you, because we think, first of all, the ideas that we talk about in this um, episode are really useful for any IELTS student, especially when it comes to writing essays and generating ideas. I mean, this is a universal thing that everybody can take something from, we hope. And yeah, that's we just decided that why keep it behind the paywall when there's good information there. And because it's an old episode, because it's over a year and a half old, um, we're guessing that most of you won't have heard this. So it will be basically new for you. So we hope that you enjoy it. Um, as always, you can find us by email, hello at myartsclassroom.com, or you can check out all the information about today's episode on the blog at blog.myartsclassroom.com. Um, so enjoy the episode and hopefully we'll see you next week when both of us will be back. All right, so let's get on with today's topic, Nick, which is ideas for your essay. Mm-hmm. And the reason we, well, the reason we made the decision to talk about this was because we both had a look this week at uh, a book which seems to always be being shared crikey that's a difficult passive which always seems to be being shared mm-hmm. on facebook groups mm-hmm. and so it's by it's called it's a book that's called everybody calls macca mm-hmm. macca ielts right <laughs> so i'm gonna be honest i don't really know that much about macca but what i do know i think that she is an indian lady who has been producing these books for many years and Essentially, every few months she produces a book which contains reported essay questions from recent tests. Mm-hmm. And let's just reiterate, they are reported essay questions. And yes. so they are, the, the language and wording of them is not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with a model essay. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, what do you think? I'm, I never understand really model essays. What do you think the purpose of these model essays is supposed to be, Nick? I'm not too sure, to be honest. I think it maybe is just to to show the students like what, what they could do, what it should look like. Mm-hmm. But, right. I mean, if you write a model essay for a question, then the student can only really copy that for that particular essay. This is the thing. I mean, it's very difficult if, mm. if you're only looking at model essays, if you don't understand the theory behind them mm-hmm. or the academic principles, then it's just 
it's, it's almost a little bit useless, really. It's yeah. great for that essay, but you're not really going to be able to use it. For a different essay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that model ess- essays don't have a place. I know certainly people like the ones that we've got in our course. So I know that there's a, there's a desire for them. Mm-hmm. And I always get emails from students saying, where are your model essays? And my answer is always, in the practice activities. And as you continue through the course, you will find them all. But I don't put them all in a big block because I don't want to encourage people just to use model essays. Because I don't think, like I said, that they're very useful if you don't understand the principles behind them. So I'm already sceptical about model essays, right? Mm -hmm. But I think... When we started looking at this book, I think for the first half an hour, quite honestly, it was almost a little bit comical because the essays in here are so far from being a model essay Mm -hmm. that I sort of thought it was a little bit funny. But actually, the more time that I spent with this particular book, it's the academic book, and the more essays that I read, the more I began to recognize language that our students Mm -hmm. use with us. And I also started seeing some really poor ideas that our students have used in like multiple times in essays. And it made me think that maybe these books aren't very funny and maybe actually they're quite damaging. Mm -hmm. So I don't like just saying something's bad, particularly if it's been produced by another teacher, but I think we'll just take one of the essay like from random as an example. So I've chosen this one, which the question said in many parts of the world, children are given more freedom than in the past. Mm -hmm. Is this a positive or negative development? That question actually looks pretty good, right? Like there's no grammar errors. And I feel that that could be a question. That could definitely be a real question. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in terms of just, and some students have said to me, you know, I just get the book to see what the recent questions were, Mm -hmm. which if you just do that may not be a bad idea. Mm -hmm. But my worry is that human nature is that we are curious. And I'm sure that a lot of people look at the question and then their eyes go down Mm -hmm. to the model answer. And that's where, for me, the problems begin, right? Um, So we've had a quick read of this. What would you say, Nick, would be, in terms of like the four band descriptors, I think there's one which is really weak in this essay. Extremely weak. Yeah, which one would it be? Coherence and cohesion. There isn't any. <laughs> there's almost I am there's almost no coherence and cohesion is there, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in this essay, I mean, why don't, Nick, why don't cuz you've got the reading voice. Why don't you read one of the paragraphs? All right. This this second paragraph has got a couple of pretty serious errors. So, I'll read it and then we can discuss what the problem mm-hmm. is. Furthermore, today's children have the power of the internet and the sa- and the satellite TV in their hands. Today's young generation is the most well-informed generation than ever in the history of mankind. They know what their parents and grandparents do not know. They have oceans of opportunities in front of them which they want to explore. They adopt careers of their choice and do not hesitate walking on the untrodden path. They are not afraid of taking risks. For instance, earlier children were pressurized by their parents to take up medical, non-medical, or or commerce streams. But today's children are going into computer animation, computer gaming, and other fields which were unheard of before. Let's just take a moment to pause and digest that. All right. So... In terms of coherence and cohesion, I think actually sometimes Mm. if you read an essay out loud, it kind of highlights Mm -hmm. 
when there isn't very much coherence or cohesion. Yeah. Right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the, you, the first thing you said to me was, I think, about the length of the sentences. Mm-hmm. Very, very short sentences. All very, very short sentences that don't really have any connections to each together. other. Yeah. No, really. And, you know, to be perfectly honest as well, I don't think that this paragraph is addressing the question either. Not really. No, because yeah. it says children are given more freedom. That means somebody has to give them the freedom, usually parents, to be mm-hmm, honest, mm-hmm. and school. So this is about children having more freedom in their choices. I don't think it's the internet or satellite TV that gives them freedom. Yeah, this is weird because they start off by saying about the internet and satellite TV and then the rest of the paragraph doesn't even talk about that whatsoever. Right. So there's absolutely no unity. There's no yeah. one main idea in this paragraph mm-hmm. and there's no clear topic sentence. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think there is the beginning of a good idea about children, you know, not taking up the careers that they're parents push upon them Mm -hmm. that is good but that is not what the body of that paragraph discusses does it not really it's talking about some extremely over general ideas about being the most well-informed generation than ever in the history of mankind (laughs) they know what their parents and grandparents do not know i mean what does that really mean yeah i don't understand really it doesn't really mean anything right Mm -hmm. ielts examiners are looking for clear arguments Mm -hmm. that uh, are prog- developed, that are justified, that are supported, not big philosophical statements that, mm-hmm. to be honest, don't really mean anything. True. Um, they have oceans of opportunities in front of them which they want to explore. So, you know, apart from the fact that there's no real topic to that one particular paragraph, it's full of short sentences, it's all very over-general. Mm-hmm. You know, in other places, I would say that this essay has the way that it's structured doesn't have much progression because the writer says that it's largely positive, mm-hmm. but then they end the para- uh, they end the essay with a negative, with a negative paragraph, which I think is always a really bad idea because you want your opinion as close to the conclusion as possible, mm-hmm. right? So you never want to put a, a paragraph if you want if you want to add a paragraph that is against your position, put it at the start. After the introduction, not at the end before the conclusion, because it kind of confuses your position. Yeah. Um, but in general, I think the thing that made me sad is that this is kind of full of, you know, there's obviously some nice Lexis here, but the Lexis is not really used accurately in context, I don't think. I agree. Yeah. And there's a lot of weird collocations like commerce streams. <laughs> I don't really know what that means. Yeah. It's just that that sentence, children were pressurized by their parents to take up medical, non-medical. Non-medical. So that's basically everything. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and commerce streams. I have no idea what that means. What is a commerce stream? Oh, I don't know. It sounds like a river that's full of businesses. <laughs> um, and also, I don't understand why computer animation, computer gaming and other fields means having more freedom. Yeah. I mean, there's just no logic, but... It feels to me, and this is the mistake that I see a lot, is when students come to me with a high level of language but Mm -hmm. a low score in writing, Mm. it's usually because they're focusing on their Lexis first. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what students care about is like, I've got all of this language that I could use that I'm going to throw it into this essay. Mm -hmm. And what you end up with is sort of groups of sentences which have 
not much meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, basically, strange use of Lexis. So rather than getting an eight, which probably the writer of this should easily be able to get, they're going to end up with like a seven at best mm-hmm. because there's so much inaccuracy. But the effect on the coherence and cohesion score... It's going to be a five probably, isn't it? It's huge, right. Because mm. it just... Parts of it don't make sense. It's not addressing the question. And I think, to be honest, that if we're going to talk about today generating ideas, mm-hmm. I would say that the one thing students could do to immediately improve their essays would be to only focus on answering the question mm-hmm. in any task, right? If you worry about answering the question first, if you worry about having good ideas that address the task, extending them, justifying them, you will naturally have good Lexis because Mm -hmm. you're going to need that to explain your ideas. And you'll also naturally use a nice range of complex sentences because we tend to use those when we justify and explain. So I guess then the question is, if, if I look at this and think, well, I definitely would score this essay no higher than a 6.5. Mm-hmm. Definitely couldn't get a 7. No, no way. And uh, so many students are struggling for a 7. Mm-hmm. Then why are these books so popular? It's a mystery, isn't it? It is a mystery. Well, it is kind of... I don't know. Nick, when I was... We all know my feelings about my philosophy degree, right? Mm-hmm. They're not very high. But I would say, like, the worst moment of my philosophy degree was mm-hmm. when I took a subject called formal logic. Right. Because I'd done A-level maths, and it was like a kind of... Uh, it was kind of like a maths. It was all these sort of symbols where you had to prove that things were equal or not equal, right? And from the first day I sat in that classroom, full of maths, like, people properly taking maths degrees, I think for them it was easy. Mm. And I didn't understand anything more than, hello, welcome to Formal Logic 101. That was the point where my understanding stopped. And I remember in the test thinking, I don't know how I'm going to pass this because it's not just that I don't know it. It's like I don't even understand what I don't know. Mm -hmm. I was so far from understanding. Mm -hmm. And there was the first two lessons that it was all about this proof, right? And I can't even explain it to you, but it was about 50 lines. It looked like computer code. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that one of those proofs, you'd be asked to prove one of those in the in the exam, the first few questions. So I just sat and learnt those symbols. It was literally just like learning a pattern of symbols mm-hmm. so that I could write the whole thing out without understanding it, mm-hmm. And which is what I did. And I managed to just pass that module purely because I had vomited or like regurgitated (laughs) that whole thing I didn't understand on the page. But that's not what we want people to do, is it? We don't want people to just pass. Well, of course we don't. And also, it took all of my brain to remember that one page, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there's like 350 essays in this book. So even if you are a student who wants a 6 or a 6.5, trust me, it is much easier just to improve your, like, language skills a little bit Mm -hmm. and improve your academic skills a little bit to get that score rather than trying to memorize (laughs) these wordy unhelpful kind of essays right yeah so i think there might be some low level students who are who are in these essays because they're trying to memorize sentences they think will help them Mm -hmm. which is not a good idea terrible idea 
Yeah, but I do think there might be some people here who are just here for ideas. And honestly, if you're using the ideas from this particular essay we're looking at, that's also a bad idea. Mm -hmm. But I do sympathise a little bit more with the students who struggle with ideas. Because I do think that for a few IELTS questions, it can be tricky, particularly in an exam room, to come up with something, right? Like two, three, four relevant ideas in five minutes. Yeah. Um, so what we'll look at today then is basically just our techniques of how we come up with ideas. Um, so before we start, let's just think about Nick, if, if you're given any question, mm -hmm. right, and you're at that beginning stage where you're starting to think, okay, what arguments could I offer for this question? Um, how do you decide if an idea that comes into your head is a good idea or is it, a, or if it's not a good idea? If it's possible to develop it. Right. And if it's relevant to the question. Exactly. So there's two key things, right? So I guess the first thing you've got to keep on thinking is, is this idea relevant right mm -hmm. is it really addressing the question that i'm given because the worst thing you can do <laughs> is write an essay with ideas that are off topic yep because it is automatic five for task response Boo! <laughs> um that's a new noise for this week um <laughs> the second thing is is about development because sometimes you know you've got to be realistic about yeah. what you can develop so first of all you know, if, if your idea, I don't know, if you're talking about the advantages of text messages mm -hmm. and your argument is it's cheap, mm -hmm. well, that is a fact and it's true, but yes. I'm not sure you can really talk about that for two or three sentences. Probably not, yeah. That would be a harder no. one to develop. That would be hard, right? In the same way. So you don't want an idea which is like too, too short. narrow, mm -hmm. too small. Mm -hmm. In the same way, you've also got to think about what you can actually describe in English. Mm-hmm. Because I know from living in a foreign country where I speak, well, where I don't speak the local language anywhere near as well as my native language, mm -hmm. I know that when I communicate in another language, there are some things I just cannot say, mm. right? So I could say, this is a red pen, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> but I couldn't say, this is a fine tip red pen, uh, which is produced from the quill of a duck or something right like I just don't have that level mm -hmm. so I think sometimes students get a bit too ambitious mm. with the ideas that they want to use okay. you don't want to choose an idea which is too philosophical or <laughs> which is really hard to explain in in two or three sentences because that's all you've got for many essays so step number one is definitely analyzing your ideas oh and we also want to make sure that if we're writing a paragraph that's got two ideas in it mm. they should be different shouldn't they of course yeah yeah so you always want to like be sure like, am i just am i saying something different or am i just repeating the same thing in different words if you're repeating that idea's got to go and you need to dig a little bit deeper so to be honest all of the topics in ielts mm. they are chosen for a particular reason they are chosen because they should be able to be answered. What's happening with my passives today? You should be able to answer them mm -hmm. without any specialist knowledge. Yeah. Right. So you don't need to know anything about science or nature or psychology. You should be able to just look at the world around you and come up with some ideas 
for these questions. So I think the first way then, and I think if you actually do that, and I think this is where a lot of students go wrong. I think that a lot of students don't actually really think about the questions. They often just sort of like go to some ideas they've read before. Yeah, they fall back on simple ideas quite a lot, don't they? Definitely. On something they've, yeah, read in like a mock essay or something like that. Yeah. So, right. So, and this is why I don't like those model essays Mm because I think it stops that they're a barrier from students actually I I call it interacting with the question you want to actively when you read the question I think start asking yourself more questions Mm -hmm. so Nick I think Nick our two most popular podcast episodes so far are Mm -hmm. the ones where we um, look at five questions from recent um, exams yeah mm-hmm. and then we come up with the ideas ourselves yeah but i think what we've been doing in those episodes and if you haven't heard them go back and listen to them because they are very good um i think what we do in those is we just usually give our ideas mm-hmm. right so i'll say well nick what would you would you agree would you disagree what would your arguments be but i don't think we've ever shown people sort of like what's happening in our head mm-hmm. when we come up with those ideas and i think that's what a lot of students are missing so why don't we look at this question? It's from, I think, book 15, general training. It's the new one about mobile phone apps. So it says, in many countries, paying for things using mobile phone or cell phone apps is becoming increasingly common. Mm-hmm. Does this development have more advantages or more disadvantages? All right, Nick. So if I asked you then about these apps, mm-hmm. do, you, do you pay for things using your app? All the same. I right. don't carry so money if, anymore. <laughs> okay, so if I said to you, why are these payment apps good? What would be the first thing that comes into your mind? Convenience is the first one I can think of. Right, me too. Mm-hmm. And I think then for a lot of students, that's usually where they stop mm-hmm. in terms of their planning. Yeah. But what I want to encourage you to do is keep going mm-hmm asking yourself questions. So don't stop with the first words that comes into your head because you're going to need to extend this idea of convenience. Mm -hmm. So the next question should be, you know, why are apps good? They're convenient. Mm -hmm. Why are they convenient? Um, Because you don't need to carry so much stuff with you. Right. Yeah, because you don't need your your credit cards or cash anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, They automatically store all your information so you don't need to enter it every time. Amazing. So, like, you don't need to put your card in, put your PIN code in. It just beep and it's done. Yeah, which, to be honest, in the, in the age of uh, COVID, mm-hmm. contactless payment is amazing, isn't it? Yep. Um, right. And maybe also, I think I can think of a third convenient thing, mm-hmm. is that it keeps a record of your payments. Yeah. So you can see what, where you've spent your money, mm-hmm. right? So I would say convenient then would be an amazing first idea for that paragraph. Mm-hmm. And you may not want to use all of those different ways that it's convenient, mm-hmm. but you probably want to put, a, you need at least a, a sentence. So I'd put, probably put a couple of sentences there, yeah. right? Of exactly how it's convenient. And it's in those sentences that you will get your Lexis, store your, uh, store your payment details. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a receipt of payment and it's also where you'll get your nice grammar Mm. in the extension Mm -hmm. Um, so if we've got the first idea is convenience can you think of another one Nick? Mm, probably I would say in some ways it's safer 
Okay, that's interesting. So how how is it safer? Because if you're not carrying around physical cards and physical cash, mm. if you end up being attacked or robbed, mm-hmm. the the attacker can't really do much with your phone. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they can try, but I think it's much more secure than, you know, just having a contactless card or, you right. know, wads of ca- cash in your wallet <laughs> yeah or so purse. i think that's a that i think that's a great idea and also maybe mm-hmm. like a, a more advanced idea connected mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. is that i don't know about you but i was always misplacing my wallet tonight mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. where's my wallet where's my wallet my whole life mm-hmm. but i always know where my phone is right so that would be like you could add that into it right mm-hmm. that it's safer because you, you only need your phone and you always know where it is mm-hmm. yeah Okay, amazing. So I would say that how long it took Nick ten seconds to come up with those ideas mm-hmm. because what were you thinking about when you thought of those ideas? Uh, thinking about how it really affects me in the real world. Right, you were imagining yourself going to the shop and paying, and mm-hmm. how it, much easier your life is mm-hmm. now that we've got those things. So that's what I want to encourage you to do. I think sometimes students get a bit worried you know oh it's IELTS it's got to be some sort of Hmm. high philosophical answer Mm -hmm. it doesn't the the question is what is good about mobile phone apps for payment and you just need to think well why do I use them Mm -hmm. and why is it useful um what about disadvantages I think disadvantages is more difficult here because they are generally Mm -hmm. good aren't they so Mm -hmm. what what could you come up with for disadvantages well, I mean, yeah, the I'm going to use a similar argument here and talk about safety and security again, mm. but from a different side. So mm-hmm. while, like, while you're more protected in person, like right. when you're walking around on the street, mm-hmm. I do think it's more dangerous in terms of somebody could hack your account and steal so, your information. Mm, so you're sort of more vulnerable for like online fraud or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I would that's say. That's a good argument. Especially, yeah. especially if you're paying online using the apps, mm-hmm. because it's happened to me a couple of times when I've paid for something using Apple Pay online, and the money's been taken twice. Wow! Yeah. So I think it's interesting because I think what what you need to be careful of, particularly for advantages and disadvantages essays, is mm-hmm. that you don't have the same argument in both sides. Yeah. So what you did there was very clever because you said it's what did you say it's it's an advantage. Or safer in terms of... Like in person when you're walking around on the street. Yeah. But online, it's more dangerous. Well, not wow. dangerous, but more like... Yeah, more vulnerable, risk. maybe. Yeah, more prone. vulnerable. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So super important that you do something like that. If you're going to put safety in both sides, you've got to make it clear how... How it's dis- safe. Mm-hmm. How it's safe in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My disadvantage would be that maybe when you pay with an app, it's harder to keep track of your it's not keep track because i okay well maybe we, we can't have my idea in the first one about the receipts that you get mm-hmm. for convenience mm-hmm. so we'll lose that and just say that people tend to overspend when they're paying maybe mm-hmm. on their phone because they ding, don't ding, actually ding, 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 ding. it's just <laughs> yeah <laughs> without you a don't care in the world <laughs> view it as real money yeah yeah, I think true. that's definitely my problem. So I think that may be the other disadvantage. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, all we are doing here is actually sitting and thinking about our experience mm-hmm. in the real world, right? Um, I think for that question, and for many questions, particularly particularly if you're a general training student, mm-hmm. um, you just need to look at your own experience in the real world. Yeah. 
Um, and just think about, you know, what make, what could make it easy for people and just ask yourself those questions. Why? Maybe though, for some questions like the academic, particularly for those in the academic, um, course, it's not quite as easy to just think about your own personal experience to get Mm -hmm. to the answers. But I do think that this top down approach, so the approach of asking yourself continual questions can still help you get to some good ideas. Mm -hmm. So, The next question is, Nick, you can read it. Some people think that schools should give prizes for academic success. Others argue that it is more important for schools to give prizes for other achievements, for example, for sports, music and behaviour. Discuss Mm -hmm. both sides, uh, discuss both views and give your opinion. Right. So I guess for this one, you can't really think about yourself getting prizes, right? (laughs) You'd have to think about... In general. So Mm -hmm. for this type of question, I would say, okay, some people think schools should give prizes for academic success. Mm -hmm. Why? To encourage students to work harder and to achieve. Why? To get to reach their full potential. Right. And what usually happens to students who reach their full potential at school? They get good grades and go to university. Uh Uh-huh. And then? Become successful human beings. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, exactly. They probably get a good job. They probably have a good standard of living, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that what you need to do for these types of questions is just keep digging deeper and deeper. Why and and how? Yeah. Why and how? Why should we get prize for academic success? Because people will study more. Mm -hmm. Why is that good? Because they will get good grades. Why is that good? Because they'll fulfill their potential. Why is that good? They'll go to university. They'll get a good job. Mm -hmm. That is essentially... It's just a string of why questions Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that lead you down the road. Um, I guess most people probably find that half of the question maybe easy because I think we live in a society where we do do this, yeah? Mm -hmm. It's encouraged, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's quite common at school to have like, I don't know, like school, what do you call it? Valedictorian or something. It's Latin. Valedictorian. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Nick, you come from up north. (laughs) Um, but I guess the other one is more interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Others argue that it's more important for schools to give prizes for other achievements. Yeah. And then we have some examples. Mm-hmm. For example, for sports, music and behaviour. So you don't have to talk about those things. But it's helping you, isn't it? It's giving you some ideas. Right. So I guess the bigger, more difficult question is, why would we want to give prizes for these other achievements? Mm-hmm. Well, my argument or my first argument would be that not all children are academically inclined right Mm -hmm. exactly so not everybody no matter how hard they work can be academically successful Mm -hmm. so this recognizes other types of success as well right Mm -hmm. um my other my i I think it's interesting they put the one i think is interesting there is behavior Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that example moves the question away from being talented yeah to actually just being like a good member of the class right Mm -hmm. or like a good member of society Mm -hmm. so i think my argument would be not everybody is academic definitely Mm -hmm. the first one and moreover Mm -hmm. surely we want schools to produce children who are Mm well-rounded So it's not, school shouldn't just be about academic success, but it should also be about, I don't know, personal, interpersonal skills, yeah, communication, respect or something like that. I think that's a good way to do it because you can definitely focus on sport and music first, like mm-hmm. fostering other talents. But, you know, there are as well 
problems in schools with behavior for some students and to tackle that giving them uh prizes for behaving well for like a week or a month might encourage them to turn that behavior around and yeah, yeah when they leave school if they find some academic success some then they mm-hmm. might be more productive members of society right and, and even students who are academically successful still mm-hmm. need to know how to cooperate and behave exactly. well yeah mm-hmm. um so again, I guess it's a question of just asking yourself why. Why do we want to give? Why do we want to encourage this type of behavior? What could the result be? Why is that good? Just digging down and down and down until you reach something that is, I would say, like the first thing that you can present for each of the ideas. You mm-hmm. know, like we want students who are well-rounded. Uh, not everybody is academically gifted. They would be like the first part, the main argument. Mm-hmm. And then you could extend it and justify it and explain it. Yeah. So I think often it's about digging down mm-hmm. um, to get there. The other kind of useful way of getting ideas. So if you don't, if, if you're asking yourself why and mm. you just have got nothing, right? <laughs> you've got like just, just a desert in your brain and the sound of the IELTS clock ticking <laughs> as your dreams slowly pass. Um I would say the other approach is what we call bottom up. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you should show your bottom in the exam room. It <laughs> means that sometimes what you can do is you can just think of a very simple example, but you can use that example to move backwards mm. to find a more general argument. So I think a good example of how we can use this is for this question, some people think it's good for children to be brought up in a city Others argue that it's better for children to grow up in the countryside. Right. Discuss both views and give your own opinion. Before we start, Nick, where do you think students might go wrong for this essay? Because it's got those words which are quite common in IELTS, mm-hmm. uh, city or countryside. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they'd be tempted to compare. Compare just the city and the countryside yeah. mm-hmm. instead of school children. Uh, children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what did you say? Schools. <laughs> right. But that's what we're going to. Instead of it, we got to focus on children being brought up. Mm-hmm. Right. So not just you know cities have got more entertainment. Well, why is that good for kids? Mm-hmm. Right. You got to focus on the children. But Nick, you just said schools <laughs> yeah right so i think that for a lot of students when they read this they may not have that many ideas to be honest mm-hmm. but maybe the first thing they come into their head is schools so schools is good i think it's just a little bit specific though right so if we take a step back mm-hmm. from schools mm-hmm. um and then we think about you know well why why is better schools an advantage because children can be socialised and get a good education. Right. I think I think instead of just saying like there's better schools, I think if you take a step back and mm-hmm. you said, I think, you know, children who grow up in cities mm-hmm. usually have a wider range of future possibilities, mm-hmm. for example, than those in the country. They have a better... Then the education could become an example, right? Mm-hmm. They have a better education. They socialise with a wider group of people. Mm-hmm. So I would say if if you've got like one word like schools, mm-hmm. step back, step back, mm-hmm. right? Look at the bigger th- picture. Yeah, I think my favourite example for this is when there's that horrible question which I never do anymore because it depresses me about can men and women do all jobs equally? Mm-hmm. 
most people, the first thing they think of is like some kind of job that involves physical labor, right? Mm-hmm. Like a builder. <laughs> so they just, they, but I'm like, well, you can't just say men are builders. <laughs> that can't be your <laughs> argument. You've got to step back and go, yeah. well, what is it about being a builder yeah. that only men can do? Well, maybe it's that they're physically stronger. So maybe it could be, you know, some jobs require physical strength. A, physical strength. And then, a builder could be one example, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But but the but the argument is not men, men are builders. Are builders. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So two approaches. You can definitely dig down from the top mm-hmm. by asking why, how, why, how. Mm-hmm. Or you can take that one little idea that you've got, that example of schools, builders, step back and try and look a bit wider and to understand what that shows us. Mm-hmm. So I would just encourage everybody to try to stop looking in other places for ideas and start, sounds a bit, sounds a bit like a self-help book, start looking inside of yourself. Mm-hmm. You contain the ideas, but mm-hmm. it's kind of true really, It is, right? yeah. You've got your brain, use it. Yeah. And also, you know, if you do get a strange question, a new topic in the exam, and all you have ever done is find ideas externally. Mm-hmm. You're, you're gonna, not gonna. You're, you're gonna be. You're gonna struggle a lot, probably. Really, like it is a skill that takes practice, isn't it? Like, I can come up with ideas for any essay because I've been doing it for twenty years, mm-hmm. right? So I would say you need to be doing this yourself, and only if you can't find any idea mm-hmm. should you then maybe look for some help. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we do. I do actually just want to say, I do think that there is a tiny, tiny percentage of questions, like 1% of questions, which I do think sometimes when I look at them, that they are a little bit culturally biased. Mm -hmm. So I think they're questions that have been written by the exam writers in Cambridge. Mm -hmm. And from their world perspective, from the UK, it's usually about a social trend. That question about a social trend looks completely normal and obvious. Mm-hmm. But if you take that same question, you show it to somebody in India or China or, I don't know, what's another country, the Philippines, mm-hmm. suddenly that question makes a lot less sense. Yeah. Social yeah. trends are not the same. They're not the same. Yeah. I remember what um, when I was uh, living in Russia... And there was the speaking test. One of the first questions is, uh, "What's the favorite? What's your favorite room in your house or flat?" And yeah. in Russia, it's quite common for people to live in one room apartments. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> you know, like if you've asked them the first question, "Do you live in a house or a flat?" and they say, uh-huh. "I live in a one-bedroom apartment," it's kind <laughs> of awkward to say, "What's your favorite room in your house?" Oh, it's always just really funny because everyone would go. My room. I've only got one room. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right? Yeah. So for the people in Cambridge, that probably would never occur to it them that. No. Mm-hmm. Well, there are some people who just have one room. Yeah. Um, there was a question, I think there was another question recently, which I did think for many students would just be confusing. Mm-hmm. So it was a question about, um, I think it was like, in many countries, the wording's not perfect, right? But it was something like, in many countries, adult children uh, now live with their parents for much longer than they did in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is this? Is it a positive or negative trend? So as an English person, I understand this question. Yeah. 
right? Because why are people living for longer with their parents now, Nick, than they used to? Because it's ruddy expensive to buy a house or rent a flat. It's just too expensive for them to move mm-hmm. out, right? So a lot of people now, they stay at home, they save money, they mm-hmm. try and get a, so they can get a mortgage for a house. I get this question. But I think for many students in different countries, particularly sort of Asian countries, where adult children maybe never leave their parents' home, mm-hmm. right? You get married and you bring your family t- to you to live with you and your family. Mm-hmm. So the idea that, number one, adult children left home... It's a bit alien. It's a bit alien. And number two, why then are they not leaving home? Maybe completely impossible, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. I think you might need somebody to like push you in the right direction to get there, do you think? Yeah. Um, so for this reason, because there are some questions sometimes which I do think are difficult to come up with ideas for off the top of your head... Um, I do think it's not a bad idea to have a look at recent questions, to try and test yourself to see if you could come up for ideas for these questions. Um, But what I want to encourage you to do is to do it all by yourself. So, you know, we've got, I don't know how many now, we've got like a blog post which has got 100 IELTS question topics that Mm -hmm. you could use. We've got another blog post which is, I think it's 50 recent IELTS topics. So they're reported questions from the test. We've got an archived one of 2020 questions. I mean, I think together there's like 200 questions on our blog, blog blog.myieltsclassroom.com. What what is not there is the model answers. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think there should be model answers, right? I really think what you should do if you want to practice ideas is go to the website, look at each question and do this. Think, what ideas would I give? And if you don't know, Google. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a secret advice, but I would Google not to find model IELTS essays. Forget those, right? Unless you're an examiner, you don't know if they're a band nine or a band four, no matter what they say, right? So avoid those. But, you know, for this question, you could just Google why do European children live with their parents for longer? Mm-hmm. And I bet you, you'll get news articles, right? They'll be, do you not think, Nick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely can help them find ideas. There'll be something there. There'll be a primary source. And that's what I want to encourage you to go to. Don't go to the IELTS essay where someone's trying to tell you what the ideas are. Because Mm -hmm. you might learn an idea which is completely off topic. Yeah. So in the exam, you'll be writing thinking, ha ha, this is easy, I've got this idea, and then be surprised when you get a low score Mm -hmm. because you just remembered an idea which wasn't very good. But you can easily dig down deeper online Mm -hmm. to these topics. Even I've done it for some of them. There's an an essay question about space exploration, and I was a bit like, what do we get from space? So you just read Uh, a little bit and understood that actually we get quite a lot. I Googled it and was like, oh, satellites, communication technology, aluminium. Like, I learnt loads in a couple of minutes, Mm -hmm. right? And actually, if you think about what we're trying to do, we're trying to learn. So if by doing that, you're going to get some new Lexis, you're going to be practicing your reading, you're going to be practicing scanning and skimming for, like, important information. So for me, if 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 you struggle with ideas... 
go through some recent questions, even if you get them from the Macca book and you just ignore everything written below. If you can mm -hmm. trust yourself enough to do that, <laughs> it doesn't matter where you get the questions from. Or if you're just using the Cambridge books, practice digging deeper by asking questions, taking an example and standing back. And if those don't work, spend a few minutes searching until you find some ideas. And I think if you do that, you will start, it's like building a muscle, I think. And I think the more you do it, the better you'll get. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, Nick, have you got anything else to add? I don't think so. Just use the full potential of your brain. Right. Would be my advice. Look within you, mm -hmm. Luke. It's a bit like Star Wars. <laughs> Look within you. The answer is within. Mm -hmm. My IELTS Classroom podcast is a production of My IELTS Classroom Limited. Nick and I do not represent IELTS, and everything you heard in this episode is our own personal opinion. You can find the show notes and transcript for this episode on our blog. That's blog.myieltsclassroom.com. And if you're looking for our video courses, speaking lessons and marking service, you can find that at www.myieltsclassroom.com. If you have a question or query or just want to chat, you can email Nick and I at hello at myieltsclassroom.com. Our theme music is by Heartbeat and our artwork is produced by David Brown. Have a great week, study hard, and remember, this, this is my IELTS classroom. classroom. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>